This is episode number 150, The Influence of Influencers, with Ron Mitchell. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement regarding our upcoming call called Courageous Conversation. This is a weekly series that we started eight to nine weeks ago where we have an open discussion about a topic that matters most in our lives. If you are looking to get connected to this particular community and join any of the upcoming calls, go ahead and send us a message through our website to which we respond with all the details about how you can join any of them. Now, let's get back to the show. Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Oleg. How are you doing? I am well. Thank you so much for being a part of it. And thank you for having that, was it two-hour conversation, maybe a two and a half that we, <laughs> we, we initially had. And that's one of the things that I'm noticing as a common pattern with people that I genuinely connect with is we will plan for 15 minutes, but the conversation will go well beyond that. And what I've learned is that in those cases, in my opinion, I just choose to let them happen for what it is because I believe those conversations are a needle in a haystack. And so it's important to preserve those as much as you can. So I was very fortunate to have had that needle in a haystack type conversation with you due to the time that we've shared. And the next thing that I wanted to do is bring you onto the show to talk about this concept of influencers and influences and how they actually shape a lot of our life and the dreams and everything that we aspire to be. But before we get into any of that, I would like to give you the space and the opportunity to introduce yourself. And that question that I would like to ask you is, who are you? Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. First and foremost, I want to say that you're doing some fantastic work. Um, And I think that the work you do, your energy, your mindset, uh, the intestinal fortitude that you have, and willingness to make people and the world and the universe a better place is second to none. And we need people like you doing what you're doing. So needless to say, I'm excited about who you are, where you're going and what you're doing. And that's part of the reason why I'm on your show today. So congrats you. you and your work and uh, great things are supposed to happen to you moving forward. Uh, my name it. is, <laughs> no, no, no problem. My name is Ignite Coach Ron Mitchell. That's what people call me, Ignite Coach Ron Mitchell. Uh, I lead a a team of personal professional development, um, uh, uh, subject matter experts, consultants, uh, people from all walks of life. We help develop high performing individuals through our online training, through our virtual coaching, through our live seminars and conferences, empowerment conferences for men and women, um, to uh, providing tips and strategies to ignite the fire within and trap the human spirit. And that's what we uh, base our work on, uh, helping to, again, fire people up, helping individuals 
overcome obstacles, live their dreams, and then more importantly, ensure that the universe is a better place because we help support the human spirit. And that's something that's phenomenal. And I'm humbled and charged to be afforded this awesome opportunity while I'm here on earth. Mm -hmm. Why do you choose to focus on peak performers? Well, peak performance is something that has uh, been vital to uh, the work we do. Um, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many, many years ago, uh, when I was a kid, people wore glasses. And uh, I should say magnifying glass. That was one of the things that we used many, many years ago to see things. And we, we evolved from magnifying glasses to, of course, glasses. Uh, from glasses to different other types of glasses. And then we went to contact lenses and then to laser surgery. Well, peak performance is a catalyst and foundation to the evolution of vision and to multiple other platforms that I'm just using vision in particular. Someone looked at it and said, I could do better. Someone then looked at that and said, I could do better. And so we are able to, with laser surgery, see better than we ever had. But think about the evolution from a magnifying glass to laser Mm -hmm. surgery. Peak performance, again, it's been a catalyst, a fuel. It has ignited vision, technology, and to, uh, and more importantly, excite someone about stepping their game and up, up and performing at a very, very high level, which most people call peak performance today. So peak performance is essential and we need it to ensure that the earth is a better place and that, and that we are able to uh, help support the evolution of technology, people, medicine, you name it, from sports, uh, the list goes on and on. So peak performance is uh, critical, and very vital. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important point that you bring up as far as that question of how can I do better, right? Because we've presented with all these different elements of what we think we know now, but in reality, that doesn't have to be the ultimate thing that we live with. There's so many other things that come into our lives that we can actually improve upon certain things because in my opinion, nothing is perfect. And maybe the truth is that nothing will ever be perfect and that there's always going to be room to improve. There's always going to be room to grow. And so going into it with the mindset that you just described, as far as asking yourself the question of how can we do better? Yes. Are those ways to elevate and evolve? I mean, that's kind of what evolution is in a nutshell. Absolutely. Yes. I'm curious to know though, from your perspective, when did that start? How, how, what type of role did your parents play in your life? Let's start there. Well, great question. I'm a product of uh, the most drug infested ghetto in America, in Chicago. I grew up in a time where uh, drugs and gang wars were celebrated, unfortunately. And so at times I wanted to go out and play, but I saw uh, from gangs to uh, heroin needles on the ground, polluted in the, in, in the ghetto um, environment. And I remember one particular day I asked my mom, I said, listen, I really want to go out and play baseball. She said, well, pause for a second. Before I let you go out, 
do me a favor and walk outside. Mm-hmm. But yet, just look outside and tell me what you see. He said, well, it's raining. He said, okay, better yet, walk outside and take it all in. A couple minutes and then come back in and tell me what you see and what you feel. Came back in. I said, well, I see people. Um, saw a lady over there using drugs. Another man hitting a lady. Car, a couple of cars just drove by and people were shoot, shooting them. She said, and I ducked a couple of times. And I just saw people frustrated. And I paused. I came back in. So I articulated her exactly what I shared with you. I said, more importantly, I saw cancer. She said, you saw cancer? So yeah, I saw cancer. She said, what kind of cancer? You, you, know, you know, brain cancer, eye cancer? You know, what kind of, I know you've been reading a lot, but Talk to me about it. Uh, cancer. I said, uh, Mom, I saw a spiritual cancer. Mm. She, said, she said, okay, well, so far so good. Tell me more. I said, it seems though everybody's walking around seeing so frustrated and tired and low energy and angry. And I see a cancer, but it's spiritual. The spirit is broken within our community. And People need hope. They need sunlight, they need flowers, they need food. We need a lot because people are dying and it looks like people are giving up. She said, well, what are you gonna do when you grow up one day? I say, well, I want to influence change. She said, okay. She said, how are, are, are you gonna influence change? How? I said, well, I don't know. She said, I'll tell you what. You can influence change by representing the best that the universe has to offer. Mm. You could be a beacon of hope for the hopeless, a voice for the voice, voiceless, and then more importantly, <clears throat> be willing to do the things today that most people will not do in order to have the results tomorrow that others can only hope, wish, and dream about. She said, you are impregnated with gifts and talents that you don't even know you possess. So mm-hmm. one day when you mature, you, you, you have the willingness and courage to give birth to what, is, what you're impregnated with, what is inside of you, then I like your chances of helping to become an architect for change. And I said, hmm. she said, when you become an architect for change, you'll have the ability to influence people. And that is how the birth, that's who influenced me, that conversation, my mom. And additionally, I, I met my biological father when I, when I later in life at age 30, and he provided some uh, uh, <clears throat> tips and strategies to me about parenthood and uh, some of the mistakes he made as a father. And then more importantly, how uh, I can influence my future Mm-hmm. by maintaining a certain energy, mindset, willingness to drive change, willingness to uh, uh, constantly, consistently be an architect for change, and then more importantly, an architect of others who are willing, ready, and able to also dream. So he mm-hmm. shared those, those 
those few tips and strategies would be, and I implement them every day as, mm-hmm. we, as we see. I think that's such an important story that you share because it sounds like, and help me expand if I don't fully understand it, but in, in the case of your father and the reasons why he might have left the family was that in my case, so I, I've never met my birth father, but in the case, in my story, the elements that I've experienced through my birth mom, who was an alcoholic for almost the entire time that I've known her, there were many years where I wanted to look at her as only that individual, an alcoholic, someone who wasn't capable of taking care of me. And I think one of the reasons why is because, this, in my opinion, that's how the society oftentimes paints it for you, right? Yeah. And for me, understanding that that doesn't have to be my experience with this individual, that her influence could be different. Absolutely. And I started to ask myself the question of, okay, if I see her through this lens, what's the other lens? So I'm giving her all the time and attention for all of the bad things that she's done. What are the good things that she's implemented in my life? And I'm curious to know from your perspective in that conversation with your dad, did you take a similar path prior to that? Like, did you view him from one lens? And then when you met him and you kind of went on that internal journey of figuring out, okay, yes, he might've done this, but here are the things he also taught me unspokenly or spokenly. Well, interesting enough, um, my mother played a very important role and influence on how, on, my, on shaping my perspective. Mm-hmm. She never said anything negative about my dad. She only said that one day you may meet him, but right now uh, I am managing the role as your mother and father. Uh, <clears throat> but if you, if the universe and the stars align, one day you may meet him. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. And because she shared that little bit of information with me, I never thought anything bad or good, anything positive, negative about him. I just simply said, you know, maybe, don't know, but when I meet him, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. As a result, when I met him, it was easy to chat, talk, had a lot of questions, he had a lot of answers. Uh, it was a very judgment-free zone. Mm-hmm. Who am I to judge him? I don't know what went on between him and my mom. And as adults, as parents, it's a very, very tough job as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, we all are human. We make mm-hmm. mistakes. We get down. We, uh, uh, we get back up. And so uh, she was kind enough to allow me to listen to my father, to learn something about him and from him, and then become very inspired by his story. And more importantly, uh, hopefully not make the mistakes that he made as a parent many, many Mm. years ago. And so she was very influential in how she managed that. Uh, My question to you is that what is, what are some of the pros and cons to your perspective? Because I'm sure you said you saw your mom Mm -hmm. in one light and it was a, uh, uh, two different, different perspectives. Share with me a little bit about the, the different perspectives because I'd like to learn. I know your story is very inspiring. Well, I think for me, what happened was for many, many years, 
I was given this perspective of my mom as an alcoholic, someone who was financially not capable of caring for my well-being from a young age. And that's all I believed. It's one of those things where you know something that's, and that's all you believe. And then what changed for me was that I started to become more involved in different aspects of what we call personal development. And within that journey, I started to understand that I have a choice when it comes to how I view different people that have come into my life. And so in the case of my mom, I looked at her for through one lens and then I started to ask the question of what else? What am I not seeing? Who was the person that she was prior to all of that? And through that journey, I've actually discovered a hidden talent of mine and that's the ability to be driven. And I give that place of birth for that skill to her. And the reason why is because unspokenly, the number of times that I went out there looking for her on the street and came up short, nine times out of 10, sometimes even 10 out of 10, yeah. the message that I continued to repeat in my head, just one more place, if I just talk to one more person, I may find her, is the same exact message that I repeat to myself now. Whatever the obstacle presents in front of me, and I would receive a no, I just remind myself that that person's opinion doesn't have to be my reality. It doesn't have to be the end of the road. It just means that I haven't talked to enough people. And so I continue to remind myself that if I just go and talk to one more person or one more place, then I'm going to find that yes or the thing that I'm looking for. And so I think there's a lot to be said when it comes to looking at elements of your past or my past through that perspective. And the other thing that has actually helped me get into that space to begin with where I can learn from her experience is forgiveness. I just had to forgive her. I had to forgive her for what she knew, how she did it. Because just like you said, I had no idea what she was going through. (laughs) I had no idea why she actually used alcohol as a coping mechanism or lifestyle. And so the question then is, who am I to judge? Yeah, well, I, I think that that is some wisdom um, at such a um, that lasts a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> most some people, uh, from alcohol to drugs, you name it, we all have our, our demons to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, behind every great man, there's a, a a great process. Behind every great woman, that's a great process. Uh, behind our failures is something that has driven us to fail, driven us to fall down. Mm-hmm. The good thing about your mom uh, uh, imp- and, and impregnating you with uh, 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 a, a phenomenal story that I think is enriching and needs mm-hmm. to be heard is the fact that, you know, you were able to go through a storm. And through your storm that you just shared with me, you kept asking questions just kept looking, kept digging, kept going, kept pushing, kept grinding. You never gave up. You held on to hope and you have the courage and fire, the blind motivation to keep going, keep asking when thousands and millions would have simply quit and given up. 
which we mm-hmm. see every day. Mm-hmm. And so her helping to create your story, uh, your storm uh, has created your story. And it's the springboard to success for you personally and professionally. So uh, I always tell people, in spite of what we go through, our parents help. Um, uh, uh, they become, they're part of the author of our, of our, of our life story. Mm-hmm. They, they, they play a role in penmanship there. Mm-hmm. But we give ourselves the authority and permission to succeed and become successful. So you gave yourself the permission to ask questions, to keep looking, keep searching, keep pondering, to not give up. When life knocked you down, you, you stood tall. So I uh, certainly salute you uh, for having that uh, in, uh, testament of fortitude to keep uh, moving forward. And as a result, you are able to talk about it and share your stories, your stories and stories with others today, which I think is very, very important. I appreciate uh, it. And I think there's something to be said in regard to your comment about the storm. And that's, let's face it, in my opinion, we're all going to face a storm along with many other storms throughout life of different intensities. And the thing that I think is fascinating to me as part of that journey is the influence that people have in your life during those storms. And I'm curious to know from your perspective, in my opinion, every single person can choose to have an influence. In fact, there are things that we probably do that we may not try to intentionally have as far as an impact on the person, but yet that person may be perceiving it as impact or influence. And so they get to choose as far as what they implement on and take actions on. But I believe in every encounter, every interaction, we're always influencing someone else or something else. And the thing that's fascinating to me about you is your ability to go into those conversations without, or maybe as little as possible, judgment and assumptions or expectations. In a nutshell, how'd you get to that journey? How do you get to that point? And this is a loaded question for all of, this, for all of you that's listening because this is years and years of knowledge that I'm trying to uh, break it down into a sentence and none of this happens overnight. But I'm curious, how did you get to that understanding that, okay, I am an influence to other people's lives and I have to be the best that I can. And then what was that version of, what is that version of best that you can at this moment of your life? Well, great question. Um, I learned um, at age 14 about influence. Uh, I wrote a book called No Matter What, uh, You've Got to Live Your Dreams. And I, in the book, I talk about being robbed at gunpoint, <laughs> 14 years old. I've been robbed multiple times, but the first time, <laughs> 14 years old, I was hanging out with some friends walking out of the uh, YMCA on the south side of Chicago. And uh, of course, living in a drug infested ghetto, I'm familiar with uh, where to go, where not to go, how to walk, how to talk, what colors to wear, your body language, energy, everything is important because mm-hmm. either you can make it home or not make it home. Right? You're preyed upon constantly, every day. It's like a jungle. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, however, within my household, it's another world. My mom taught me to be kind, 
say yes, sir, no ma'am, manners, be polite, right? If people throw you bad in energy, you reflect positive energy. And so I'm coming out of the YMCA and the guy said, hey, what time is it? And boy, I just kind of looked down. When I looked up, he had a gun pointed at me. Mm. And I, I immediately got upset. I said, I should have known better to keep my, keep eye contact, never look down. It was a street code. Right? You have to always watch and be aware of your environment, surrounding environment. And so, guy robbed me of $2.50. And I was getting ready to go have something to eat, <laughs> right? And so, as he took the money, out, as I gave him my money, he kept talking to me. And I looked at his arms and I saw gang signs. Mm-hmm. And I had a cousin who was incarcerated. And in the environment, so gang and uh, uh, driven that you had to know something about the gang, the vernacular, just to survive and just to uh, fit in and navigate the challenges of this environment. And so when I saw gangs, I noticed he was a member of the Black Gangster Disciple, large gang in Chicago, probably the largest in the country. Now, I'm not a gang affiliate, but within that moment, I sound just like a gang member, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I start saying, hey, I love love start reciting gang rules and laws, right? Because this is survival, right? And so he looked at me and I said, yeah, you got the six point star on your arm and love, life, loyalty, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. He looked and he smiled. I said, look, what, you know, and he looked at me. I said, man, put the gun down. The police is driving around. You, you, you can get us caught. Immediately, I sound like we were one and the same. He looked at me. He said, well, yeah, I just got out, you know, prison. And, you know, I said, don't worry about it. You can hold on to that money. He kept talking and talking and talking and talking. And I built an influence on him slowly with the conversation. I said, listen, you look, tell you what, what school you go to? I noticed it was the same high school. He said, I dropped out, you know, a year ago. I said, hmm, I tell you what, why are you, why, why are you robbing me? What's going on? He said, my dad's locked up. My mom's a drug addict. And me and my little brother, we don't have a place to live. We slept outside on a mattress. We sleep outside at night. I said, really? So I tell you what, I live over here, come by couple days, I have my, I meet my grandmother. She's the best cook. I have her cook dinner for you. Don't worry. He showed up. And I said, hey, before you come in, you have a gun on you? He said, yeah, I always keep it. I said, can you hide it and put it up? You can't come in my house with this gun. He said, okay. So I came in. My grandma said, hey, how you doing? Get my hug, shut him down. Cooked, had a, literally cooked a nice Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner for him. He sat there eight for hours smiling. He started crying. He said, nobody has ever been so kind to me. My grandmother put together bags of groceries and food and said, this is for you and your brother. If you ever need food, don't worry about it. Go on your journey. You're going to be okay. The universe has something planned for you better than you even can even envision at this moment. And gave him a hug and a kiss on the cheek. We stay connected. 
But that experience with me, I just got robbed, and now you're at my dinner table eating and drinking and laughing. And you were in a moment of preparing to potentially kill me for a few dollars. But he was only robbing me because he was trying to feed himself and his brother. So with desperate times comes desperate measures mm -hmm. and come with desperate energy. His energy was so desperate it influenced his decision making. And so as a result, he made a poor decision. Needless to say, his main friends over the years, I introduced him to a couple of my mentors and he got back in college, started hanging out a little bit more at the YMCA. And as a result, people I introduced him to, he joined the military, he became very, very successful in life because of the, the, the that, that story I share with you. But I know that while on earth, I'm on assignment. And at 14, mm -hmm. I recognized that I was on assignment and that my story, my life, my ups and downs, my challenges, my struggle, my success does not belong to me. I'm simply a vessel. I'm on an assignment. My assignment is to help influence people and ignite the fire within and drive the human spirit. Mm. And so that at 14, I recognized what my assignment is, what to do, because as a 14-year-old, most 14-year-olds wouldn't have said, hey, you know what? Come on over to my house and eat. Don't worry about it. I knew what was in me. It just was birthed in that moment. Sometime mm -hmm. adversity does not build character. It reveals character. And I learned a lot about in that moment who I was. It revealed uh, the core. It also gave me a snapshot of my future. Today, my client is the human spirit, which I currently serve. And as a result, in that moment of 14, it was about the human spirit and helping somebody who was in a greater need, greater need and support than myself. And I'm, the, I'm just humbled and grateful, grateful that I was afforded the opportunity to serve someone who became a, a servant leader for our nation uh, as a veteran. And so it worked out, needless to say. That's amazing. That's, it's amazing on so many different levels. I, the first one is just like you said, as a 14-year-old kid, most kids, I would say, probably would not have made the choice that you did as far as, hey, come over to our household, have some food, especially when your safety is at risk or when you <laughs> right. feel like it's at risk, right? That's probably yeah. the last thought that you have last in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the 250 also. Come over to my house and have some dinner later. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> right. But that's, that's amazing that that's the experience that you were able to have. The thing that I'm curious to know, and this is what you just said, as far as the adversity and how it doesn't build character, it reveals character. Tell me a little bit more about that. What does that actually mean through your lens? Well, <clears throat> uh, I welcome adversity mm -hmm. because adversity is the one thing that ensures you will never remain the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I was told and I learned this, um, uh, uh, the desire to remain the same is a greater risk in the world to evolve, right? And when we remain the same, it's a terrible thing. But as we're evolving, it's a beautiful thing. Because mm -hmm. evolution is beautiful. 
it's not as sexy <laughs> as we want it to be. It doesn't feel as good. But through that adversity, it will mold and shape you. Remember, you and I, through our mothers, respectfully, mm -hmm. we were birthed through adversity. Mm -hmm. See, we are birthed through and in adversity. When we are in our mom's womb, that's a place of adversity because we're being what? Molded and shaped, the legs and arms. Mm -hmm. We're forming as a human. And when things are evolving, being shaped and formed, she and I, our moms was dealing with some sort of adversity. Either it was emotional, mental, physical, the labor pains, the, the kicking, all the stuff that women go through trying to give birth. It's emotional, it's psychological, it's mental, it's fear, physical. It's so much. And it's wrapped in something called adversity. And they have to fight for it, push, and breathe, even when we were birthed. Mm -hmm. We're birthed through adversity. Mom is screaming, crying, and she's pushing and fighting and pushing. That's called adversity because she didn't give up. They didn't give up. They kept pushing through a belief, through an a, a energy from the universe. But they believed in that, in that adversity. And so I share that story and give an example because it doesn't build up, build you up adversity. It reveals who you are. Mm -hmm. And my mother, who not, are not perfect, in that moment, they were perfect. Mm -hmm. Look what they produced. Perfection at its best. And sometimes to be perfect is birthed through adversity. And it reveals who we are. And so when women give birth to children, it's the greatest form of adversity. It says a lot about their character because millions and millions of women have died giving birth. True. Your mom and my mom pushed through it. They won that battle. They, 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 they defeated adversity within that moment. So it's, the, it's one of the greatest forms of leadership when mm -hmm. mom is trying to give birth to not only you and Ali, but how moms have done it throughout the beginning of time. And when they give birth, because adversity is a platform for something, for ideas. Right? When we see mm -hmm. things are not going wrong, we're frustrated, it's an adversity, we get upset and we're like, oh, I'm going to do something about it. As you so eloquently put it earlier, you kept pushing, you kept asking questions, you kept looking, you kept seeking. They told you no, but that voice inside of you told you, okay, I heard no five times a day. Oh, that means not right now. <laughs> Doesn't mean never. True. Doesn't mean never. It means not right now, so I'll be back tomorrow. In the next day, in the next day, in the next day. Mm -hmm. So I share that with you. We should be excited about adversity because it won't help us. It can only develop us and create a heaven internally. Mm -hmm. Something, a beautiful place inside of us, you know? So when people run away from adversity, it's like running away from a dog at times. They're going to come get you. They're going to chase you down. Mm -hmm. But when you look at adversity in the eye, the world, the universe, 
people know you for who you are in that moment. So you should be excited about adversity because it will ensure that you will not remain the same. It's risky, but I like your chance of, of, of evolving and being who you're supposed to become or producing whatever is idea or dream that you're trying to work at that time. And that's why adversity, I don't think it builds character, it certainly reveals character. Mm -hmm. You spoke briefly about the different things that you have coming up and the different things that you work in when it comes to that adversity. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about, do you have any projects coming up? Like what, what are some ways that people can actually get involved with what you're doing as well? Well, we're doing, we're currently, uh, some of our clients are Fortune 500 companies, government agencies, uh, sports teams, people from an organization and institutes from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things considered the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and the social uh, unrest that's going on in America and across the world. Uh, we're currently doing uh, virtual seminars uh, so we can reach and talk about some of these challenges that are um, uh, front and center, that are live and kicking, how to navigate, um, how to recover from a pandemic, uh, how to uh, not jump out of the pool that's filled with adversity, but jump in it and swim. Because when we face this pandemic, social unrest head on, that is when we produce great ideas. That's when uh, uh, tools like Microsoft, or companies like Microsoft, mm -hmm. and, and Apple, people like Steve Jobs, and so many other people come with these uh, life-changing ideas from Facebook to Instagram to TikTok, you name it. Adversity was the platform to fuel that. Mm -hmm those tools and so we're doing a lot of seminars because of social distancing and reaching people at the university level to the uh, 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 professional level uh, my company we offer we do a lot of personal professional development uh, because a lot of the things that happen at home you take the work and stuff happens at work you take home mm -hmm. and more importantly we have to develop uh, um, 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 uh, and it's a totality developed as a person. So we're providing a lot of tips and strategies to organizations and institutions uh, locally, nationally, and nationally, because we recognize that um, adversity is not going anywhere. And as a result of the social unrest and COVID-19 pandemic, um, great ideas, uh, great voices, such as yourself, will be elevated and more pronounced and um, I'm excited about what tomorrow holds because adversity will only produce what we need, what we want, and also what we must have. So I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. What's the best way that people can connect with you? You guys have a website, social media, and different forms like that. And we'll, oh, we'll make sure to include all that in social media but, or in the show notes of this. But I want to give you a chance to briefly elaborate on that if you can. Well, uh, my website is www.teamignite.us. Um, on Facebook, Ignite Coach Ron. You'll see that. That's the, in, and also on um, Twitter and Instagram, Ignite, Ignite Coach underscore Ron. You know, I'm everywhere. If you look at the sun, you'll probably see me uh, flying past the sun. I'm everywhere, <laughs> right? <laughs> Along with my team, 
of awesome uh, consultants, uh, subject matter experts. I work with so many people that are so brighter than me, which mm -hmm. makes me excited. I like to be around people who are 10 times smarter than me and better looking with gray hair like yourself. So I'm <laughs> right? so I like to be around smarter, younger, better looking people than me like yourself. So thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Thank you. No, thank you for sharing and everything that you have done and continue to do. And we'll make sure to include all the different ways that people can get in touch with you and more importantly, your energy that you put out in this world, which is very evident and has been not only through this conversation, but the one that you and I shared before. And I think there's a lot to be said to the influence that that can have on the person's life. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for have, having me today. We have a lot of work to do, as, as I shared with you earlier. Mm -hmm. My client is the human spirit. And I think your, your client, uh, you're serving the same uh, client. And I'm excited about uh, what the world has to offer and some of the awesome tools that you currently develop. And uh, in advance, congratulations. And thank you so much for having me uh, uh, as part of this phenomenal chat today. And I look forward to uh, doing some great things moving forward. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring stories. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.